You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Yelton, we have a podcast. Diving, diving deep. Texas. Both on and off the field. Here's Sean Pendergast and Pro Football Hall of Famer, the General John McClain. Welcome, welcome to Utopia. Hey, everybody! Welcome in the Utopia Football Podcast. Happy New Year! You're probably getting this uh, after the stroke of midnight, I would imagine. Um, so, Happy New Year to all of you out there. It is a very Happy New Year in the city of Houston as the Texans emerge victorious at NRG Stadium on Sunday afternoon against the hated Tennessee Titans in a dominant performance defensively. And what I would say is very efficient performance offensively good enough to win. Um, the Texans win 26 to three, and we're going to break it all down. What it all means, the playoff picture stock up, stock down. We're going to do that all and then get out of here to go celebrate some new year stuff. But I'm, uh, I'm Sean Pendergast, one half of pain and Pendergast sports radio, 610, 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. Weekday mornings. And of course, joined as always by the great one, the hall of famer, my good friend, and our senior columnist at SportsRadio610.com, John McClain. Uh, John, I would say it was awfully nice. Two things. One, great to see C.J. Stroud healthy and performing well. Two, really nice to have a Texans win that didn't come down to the last 15 seconds of the game. It's the Pittsburgh – John, the Pittsburgh win in week four was the last time the Texans won a game that didn't come down to the final 30 seconds or less. Isn't that crazy? first. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, three months since we've three months since we've had a victory by the Texans where we can just kind of chill during the fourth quarter of the game. What are your big takeaways from the game today, John? They overcame injuries on defense with another dominating defensive performance, totally shut down the run, knocked out Will Levis for the second time, treated Ryan Tannehill very rudely, but the defense was so oppressive, offense was efficient. Bobby Sloak did a good job of keeping Trout out of trouble. And that's the first time they've swept the Titans since 2015. Now they set up win in Indy. You're in the playoffs for the first time in 2019. They got to be big Titans fans. All those Texans fans who hate the Titans got to pull for them because the Titans win at home over the Panthers, who shut out a pathetic Carolina team today. And if the Titans win and the Texans win, they win the division. Otherwise, they're going on a road for a tough road game if they beat the Colts. Yeah, against any of those teams. And we don't know. There's still so much to be decided. Um, Excuse me. Kansas City has clinched their division, John, as of this evening. Baltimore beat up on Miami, so they've clinched their division. But the Texans division, the AFC South, and the AFC East, both still up for grabs and both with huge matchups. Coming up next weekend, Buffalo and Miami for the AFC East title. John Buffalo could be anywhere from Buffalo could be anywhere from uh, 
uh, division champions to out of the playoffs still. That's how crazy week 18 is going to be coming up next week. But yeah, the Texans have put themselves in a phenomenal position here. All things considered what the expectations were coming into the year, that they are basically playing a playoff game in week 18 against the, ironically, against the Colts in Indy, where a year ago they played a game where a lot of Texan fans were rooting against the Texans so they could get the number one pick in the draft. One year. Bryce Young. Right, right. I wanted Bryce. Yeah. We all wanted Bryce Young. Everybody was so mad when Davis Mills threw that touchdown pass. Lovey Smith goes for two. He throws a two-point conversion pass to Jordan Akins again. And they celebrated the victory and everybody booed him because it cost him Bryce Young. Yep, yep. And now look. Uh, C.J. Stroud is going to be the offensive rookie of the year, and Bryce Young <clears throat> went 19 for 32 for 112 yards today against the Jacksonville Jaguars. So, uh, yeah, things work out for a reason, I guess. Um, John, I, I guess the theme of this week, and we're going to get into stock up, stock down with the Texans in a second, but it's a good thing they won this game because seemingly everybody who's in that wild card mix won their games this weekend from, from Jacksonville to Cleveland on Thursday night to Buffalo uh, Indy, the Texans, um, uh, Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh won their game. Pittsburgh won their game today. Uh, the Denver Broncos are still hanging around at eight and eight. They won their game. They're mathematically still alive. Everybody, unlike the last few weeks, John, where it feels like everybody's losing, nobody wants to take control of any of this stuff. Everybody was winning this week, and it sets up for a phenomenal week 18. Colts had a close game at home against Las Vegas, in which they were a decisive lead early, almost blew it. The Jaguars, with C.J. Beathard replacing Trevor Lawrence, just stomped the uh, Panthers. And the biggest news to come out of that game was David Tepper, the owner, was caught on tape throwing a drink at fans in the stands. And the NFL is going to get him big time. Although, what do you find a multi-billionaire, million dollars, what's the big deal? You know, they could suspend him if they wanted to, but you can't have owners doing things like that. And they got it on tape. So can't wait to see how that one plays out. It's just going to be a miserable off season for the Panthers, just like it was a miserable season. And I'm sure there's going to be a lot of head coaching candidates would love to come there and play for an owner who throws his drink in the stands at opposing fans. Yeah, sure. I guess it shows he cares. I have no idea what to make of, of David Tepper, like throwing <laughs> drinks on fans. This guy is just such a clown. I, that, when I see this and I'm like, this guy's a billionaire, like a, hedge fund, like self-made kind of billionaire. Like it's, it's, it's wild to me, I, John, you want to, if you want to punish David Tepper, if you think it's a bad look for the league, if you want to punish him, dock him a draft pick, take a, take a third round pick away from him. That'll make it hurt. <laughs> Whatever's the top pick, take it away. Well, I think they, they should do like baseball, suspended George Steinbrenner for a season, suspend him for X number. You know, that doesn't matter. He does. He's not around at practice. I don't think suspend him from all team and league activities for a year for yeah. signing on grata they should lock him in a room and make him watch bryce young highlights on a loop for a month like a dark <laughs> retreat that aaron Rodgers goes on but it's in a closet with bryce young on vhs tape too like he's got a like he's trying to fast forward he's literally has to hold a button down to do it and really labor to fast forward yeah. through things i know i'm showing my age the movie a clockwork orange in the 60s where they made Malcolm McDowell sit there and they pulled his eyelids open where he had to watch everything. Yeah. They should do that to Tepper and let him just watch the worst of Bryce Young and the Panthers. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I mean, in that, the worst of Bryce Young 
is a long anthology this season. That is a uh, that that's a that's a five disc anthology right there for sure. I feel bad for him because he's such a good kid. Everybody yeah. loves him. He doesn't have weapons. I looked up today at one point his rating was forty one. At the same time, I looked at Buffalo. They had twenty points. They were winning decisively, and Josh Allen had a twelve something rating. Yeah. That's uh, they're finding a way. Uh, As opposed to Lamar Jackson at a perfect rate. It's like 19, 18 of 21 for like 350 and five touchdowns, no picks. Yeah, he's the MVP, right, John? I mean, like that. Absolutely. Just, yeah, yeah, I think so, too. Um, all right, John, let's uh, so so. as far as just kind of laying the groundwork, by the time people are listening to this, I'm guessing that we'll know what the date and time are for the Texans game. There's five windows next week that a game could be plunked down in early on Saturday, evening on Saturday, and then the three normal windows on a Sunday noon, three o'clock, and then the Sunday night primetime game. Um, like I said, John, by the time we're listening and people are listening to this, it may already be announced. If you had to guess, if you had to harbor your best guess, we've got all the games done other than Minnesota and green Bay, which really doesn't impact the Texans at all. When do you expect this game to be played next weekend? Because it is involving two teams that win or they're in, will still have a chance to win the division. I think, even though they're not big-name teams that would bring in big audiences, I don't see them in prime time. I could see them at best going into the late window on Saturday. At, would they play them at 3 o'clock or 3.45 on Saturday? And then they play a night game or yeah. at 3 o'clock on uh, 3.15, 3.25. Yeah. On Sunday, I'd be surprised if they play primetime. Yeah, I, I will too, only because that Buffalo Miami matchup is super, super sexy. Ooh, you know that's it. A, yeah, yeah. So that's <clears throat> so I think that one's going to get Sunday night football. Um, that'd be kind of fun for a Saturday game, though, John. I, although I don't like them being the road team and having one less day to prepare for the game. You know, like it's not like a Thursday necessarily, but it's not ideal. I, I think I'd, all things considered, I think the Sunday afternoon window, like the 325 window on Sunday would be perfect. I, think. I agree, but from a selfish standpoint, playing Saturday and we watch games all day Sunday. I agree. Yeah, selfishly, I, yeah, <laughs> selfishly, I, I totally agree with that take 100% because you and I never get to watch football on Sundays. Um, all right, John, you ready to do a little uh, stock up, stock down for today's game? I'm ready. All right, let's do it. We do stock up, stock down for every Texans game. Again, 26-3, to 3, the final score. Hard to find a lot to quibble with with the Texans, so we may have to get a little creative with the stock down. Um, but uh, we do four stock up, four stock down, and, John, you always go first. I've got two, and I'm betting that you won't steal them from me. Okay. Uh, for that stock down. Stock up, I'm going with defensive ends. Jonathan Grenard was out, 12 and a half sacks. He was out. And so that means Will Anderson Jr. comes back. He's not 100% with that sprained ankle. Derek Barnett playing against his hometown team for the second time in three years. And then Jerry Hughes had to play more. Jerry gets a strip sack that is returned for a touchdown by Sheldon Rankins. And then Will Anderson Jr. has two sacks. Derek Barnett, one and a half. Will had six pressures. Barnett had five. Barnett knocked down Will Levis and uh, Ryan Tannehill four times. Will uh, Anderson knocked him down three times. And then Will had two tackles for losses. Those guys kicked some serious butt. They did. It did. It looked a lot like, from that standpoint, it looked a lot like the game two weeks ago where just whoever was back there was on the run the whole time. They didn't dominate Derrick Henry to the same extent they did in week 15, but they was still a very dominant performance. 12 carries for 42 yards. 
for Derrick Henry, who I think probably feels very similar this game, coming out of this game, as he did coming out of the game two weeks ago. Um, but, yeah, they, they were great. That was the play of the game, John. The Jerry Hughes strip sack fumble. Sheldon Rankins scoops it up and scores. And I'm going to put Sheldon Rankins in there as my first stock up to play off of what you're talking about. As long as we're talking about the defensive ends, <clears throat> let's give the interior credit as well. Sheldon Rankins led the way. He didn't practice for most of the week because of injury, or maybe at all this week because of injury. I think maybe he practiced on Friday. Um, but he played. Um, he played well. He was our guest on the post-game show, John. He, I don't know if you've ever interviewed Sheldon Rankins, but he's a great interview. Um, talked a lot about that defensive line room, and we asked him about – and this this was a room last year that was a huge reason why the Texans were so poor defensively and in turn so poor as a team overall. What's the vibe like in there? This, he wasn't here last year, so he's just got this year to go on. He had an interesting answer. He said that is a very, it's a very competitive room. You know, they're very competitive with each other. They're very, like, when they see one guy, like, you could tell with Sheldon Rankins, he thought he was going to get to Will Levis on that play. And he said, man, and out of nowhere, in comes Jerry Hughes, and he gets the sack. So now I'm looking around, mucking around, trying to find the ball so I can go make a play. They've got a very healthy competition in that room for guys trying to get numbers, trying to get after quarterbacks, trying to get tackles for loss. But he said it's a very healthy competition because they all help each other, too. They're happy to, they're happy to, to uh, while they're thirsty for numbers, they're also happy to be the guys when they're running games up front, be the guy that kind of sacrifices himself on a pass rush so Will Anderson can go get a sack or so Malik Collins can go make a play. Um, Sheldon Rankins had a great game today. It wasn't just that touchdown. It was He had a sack. He had a couple tackles for loss as well. Um, he, was, he was phenomenal. That was the play to me that won the game. There was 10-0 when that happened. That was the game. That was a statement play right there. Like, all right, we're not messing around today. We're not doing any of this fourth quarter stuff today. And he had five tackles. Yep. And uh, they play great run defense again. You know, I'm guessing Derrick Henry would be glad to get out of the AFC South. The way they dominated those guys, I mean, if you think about this, they had 12 hits on the quarterback last time they had 11. Eight tackles for loss last time they had 13. I think it's 12 hits and 13 tackles for loss. They just beat them up, manhandled them again. It's almost like it doesn't matter who's in there. Uh, my next one that's going to be uh, up is uh, Desmond King, who I'm also – no, I'm sorry, Christian Harris. Mm -hmm. Christian Harris played really well. He broke up two passes on third down. He made uh, two tackles for loss, one that wasn't recorded for whatever reason. He also was in on five tackles. His plays were clutch. He played great against the run. He covers well. Remember he had – I can't remember what game was it. He was terrible in coverage. Gave up like 10 incompletions, and he's been tremendous ever since then. And yeah. so I, mine was Christian Harris. Yeah, Christian Harris is a good one. John, I, uh, I, this is what I remember of Christian Harris earlier this year. He was having some really bad games through the second month of the season. There was a play – excuse me. There was a play early in the Tampa Bay game that Rashad White caught a pass kind of in the intermediate area there. And Will and or I'm sorry, Christian Harris just totally overran the play, and White is able to break free for about 40 yards yards after catch, and it was like literally from that play on something clicked in with Christian Harris. He was great the rest of that game. He was really good in the in, so he's been really good since then for the most part. You know he's that's that's been nice to see because John that 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 2022 draft class right now is on some very shaky ground, <laughs> and I'm sure some of this some of it may end up coming up in in stock down. 
but the only one out of all those guys that they were picked in the first and second round, they had four guys picked in the first and second round that are either healthy or playing well is Derek Stingley Jr. That's it. The other three guys um, have all have all either been injured or struggled that they've drafted in the first two rounds. I'm not going to say names because they may wind up in stock down. So I don't want to I don't want to hijack that. I'll just give you my last stock up. And I'm going to go C.J. Stroud. It's an easy one. It's a layup. But it was really good to see him come back the way that he did. Um, I was really focused the, the first couple of drives, John, just seeing, okay, does he look like the old C.J.? How's the accuracy? The accuracy was great. 24 of 32. And some of those eight incompletions were throw. A few of them were throwaways just to get rid of the ball and not, not force a bad play. So I thought he was great. He was efficient. I, the offense was interesting to me because this was an offense that was the most explosive offense in football for about 12 weeks this season in terms of chunk plays, explosive plays. Their most explosive play in the passing game today was 21 yards, and that was the only play they had that was over 20 yards, was a 21-yard pass, probably a catch and run, I think, to Nico Collins. So I'm anxious to see, was this just the way that Tennessee was playing them? Were they playing back and you know kind of keeping everything in front of them? Or is this the new post-Tankdale world that we're living in where the Texans are going to have a much harder time getting those big chunk plays because Tankdale opened things up and was – not only did he open things up, he was the recipient on a lot of the big plays like that because he's such an explosive player. So that, but but I thought for what we needed out of CJ and the biggest thing, John, he came out of the game healthy, did a good job of avoiding contact. The one sack he took, he didn't fall down on the back of his head or anything like that. Um, so uh, CJ Stroud is a stock up for me for sure, especially considering Johnny N played very good football the last time we saw him. Bobby Slog did a great job. He made sure he didn't throw the ball down the middle because they were playing two high safeties and they were just looking for the guys to come down the middle. So he threw sideline routes. He was very accurate through those quick screens. They got great blocking. One time Shaq Mason made a tremendous block to clear. I can't remember which receiver it was. They lost Noah Brown. Then Robert Woods stepped up with 58 yards. But um, I I thought that Bobby Slowick, he had two receivers carrying the ball, ran reverses, faked reverses. I yeah. thought it was very creative to try to keep pressure off of Stroud. They did a good Good job about it. All right, let's do stock down, John. You go first. C.J. Stroud. They would have had no sacks if he hadn't taken a 12-yard loss in which I'm sitting there going, throw it away, throw it away, throw it away, and boom, he gets sacked. So that was the only sack they allowed. They did not turn the ball over. And I thought just that one thing, of course, it's stretched to try to find stock down, and my next one's a big stretch too. But I'll say Stroud for – the only sack that people see it and go with blame it on the lineman, and okay. that wasn't the lineman's fault. Okay, so on the Utopia Football Podcast, if C.J. Stroud were an actual stock, it just went way up like this with me. Or sorry, I'm moving the wrong. Just direction. down a little bit. It just went down a little tick, like just a couple of a couple yeah. decimal, a couple tenths of a point. I got you. Okay, um, mine is not an individual. Um, mine is more situational. At the end of the half, giving up a field goal to these clowns. That bothered me that they gave up a field goal to the Titans at the end of the half. They had that team smothered. They had them dead to rights. Um, it was the only score that the Titans got the whole game. You had the Will Anderson back-to-back -back sacks there that would have been a really cool moment to kind of force them out of field goal range. And then they give up a 20-yarder or whatever oh, it was. Oh, my goodness. To DeAndre Hopkins. And yeah, you can't do that, John. They did give up a few plays to D-Hop. It's a 26-3 game. If all we're going to do is stock downs with the Texans, they little 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 stuff like this, and they – they win games 26 to 
So that's mine. Texans end of half defense allowing a field goal to the clown organization that is the Tennessee Titans. You realize DeAndre Hopkins passed 1,000 yards for the seventh time in his career? And also, Derrick Henry passed 1,000 yards. Very small consolation. Now, I could say this next one was the red zone offense, which was awful. They got down there and had to sell for field goals. But I got a better one. How often do you see a team have no penalty? They were on the way to no penalties. Desmond King, on a long sack, takes the ball away, and then he bumps Tannehill and knocks him down and gets called for unnecessary roughness. After the sack and everything, it was six yards. They had one penalty for six yards. Desmond King, who led the team uh, with being in on eight tackles, he's the one that got the only penalty, so stock down with Desmond King. Stock down for Desmond King for that penalty. John, you know that that drive that you're talking about? That was the first drive the Titans had in the second half. The Texans came out and um the Texans came out and kicked the field goal in the first drive of the second half. So they made it 23 to 3. So they got those the three points I was so agitated with. They got those back. And then the Titans go on a drive, John. They're down by 20. The Titans go on a 17-play drive that took nearly nine minutes of clock. Like the, the Texans didn't need to run a four-minute offense in this game. Because the Titans burned damn near the whole third quarter to the ground to not score any points down there. Because that was that that was that series. That was that uh, possession that you're talking about where Desmond King got the penalty. It was third and goal. The Texans had kept the Titans out of the end zone on first, second, and third and goal. And then Desmond King gets that penalty after the Sheldon Rankin sack. So then they go first, second, third, fourth and goal, four down. So seven of those plays on that 17-play drive, took place basically inside the six-yard line. <laughs> it's crazy. Um, Great fourth down defense. Yeah, really good, really good. And if I could give a stock down, I'd give it to Tim Kelly for burning the clock in a game where they were down by 20 points. My um, my other stock down, John, and again, we're reaching here because the team was so dominant today, Um, just the the overall medical condition of this team. like we, They already had issues. Now their starting left tackle, who's been dealing with a knee all year, has a groin injury. And Noah Brown and Robert Woods both left this game with injuries. So that, you know, if these are injuries that are bad enough to keep them out of the Colts game, I have to imagine that all three of those guys are going to do everything they can to get on the field for that game in week 18. It's do or die. Season's over if you if you don't win that game, pretty much. Um, but the a team that was already pretty banged up got even more banged up with three very, I, I think three very important players, particularly Tunsil, although the offensive line did a pretty good job even after he went out. It did. Yep. George Fant came in at left tackle, which he'd not played unless he's substituting a little bit. Charlie Heck is beating him out at right tackle. He came in like the run blocking was not great. It was good enough. And then I thought the pass protection was good. The one sack was Stroud's fault. So kudos to the offensive line. I think I gave him a B on my okay. report card. Are you surprised that Charlie Heck beat out George Fant so quickly to get that right tackle job? The way I, mean, I don't know what Fant was doing wrong because Charlie yeah. was healthy and he was ready to go. All I had to do was activate him. And then when they played him and Fant was hurt, I guess he played well enough. Was that Denver? or No, that was the Titans. I guess he must have played well enough to get to start the Cleveland game. Then he started the day. So he started three in a row when two of them went Fant is LP, and I'll guarantee you those injured players, as long as it's not a concussion, they don't have any concussions, I don't think. If they're 80%, they'll be out there. Yeah, I hope so. I hope I hope you're right about that, man, because it's it's going to be fun next week for sure. Um, 
So there's our stock up, stock down. 26 to 3, the final score. John, um, it sounds like you have a report card that's up on the website. What else you got coming out here in the next uh, day or two? I have a, a column uh, about the game and what it means and how big this one was. And uh, as far as first place or making a wild card berth and how last year's game was so big too, but as we talked about, an entirely different reason. And then we will have D'Amico Ryan's on Monday and the players, and I'll write another one for Monday. Yep, Monday, New Year's Day, a little New Year's Day D'Amico Ryan's action. Can you uh, believe, Sean, what? that the Texans have won nine games, securing a winning season for the first time since 19? No. And they have a chance to get in the playoffs. It's we crazy. never dreamed that when we were making our predictions. Never. <laughs> No, it's crazy. D'Amico Ryan's has done an amazing job. He's done an amazing job. I don't think he's going to win coach of the year. I think that Cleveland Mm -hmm. loss really hurt his chances there. Um, And and Kevin Stefanski, I think, has put himself in pole position for that. But it doesn't diminish um, what D'Amico and his staff have accomplished this year. It's been been nothing short of miraculous. It really has. That's a fact. It's it's been incredible. All right, John, so we look forward to all your work on SportsRadio610.com. I enjoy these always. I enjoy them even more after a win. And man, let's we got a de facto playoff game next week. And my friend, I can't wait to preview this with you later on this week. We'll do it Tuesday. We'll do it Thursday. And can't wait. It's like it's like the wild card weekend starts early. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And we'll find out. We'll know more. In fact, like I said, by the time you guys are listening to this, you'll probably already know when the Texans are playing next weekend against the Indianapolis Colts. A whole lot more at stake this year than last year when the Colts we're playing the Texans in week 18. So uh, if you want to send us a question for the uh, mailbag, H-O-U mailbag at gmail.com. We do a mailbag episode every Tuesday. So you can send us questions there, H-O-U mailbag at gmail.com. Uh, for James Jackson, our producer, who's off partying right now for New Year's, but he's left this up to us. I'm going to hit stop recording here in a minute. James, we thank you. Happy New Year. We appreciate everything James does for the podcast. Click that subscribe button. If you do that, we appreciate you and everything you do for the podcast by telling a friend. And, um, and John, I appreciate you. Happy New Year. I've enjoyed this. Happy New Year to you and Amy. Thank you. You and Carol as well. Uh, For John McClain, I'm Sean Pendergast. We are out of time. Happy New Year, everybody. And congratulations again to the Texans. A winning season. Let's go get those double-digit wins and get to the postseason next week. This has been the Utopia Football Podcast. We'll see you on Tuesday, everybody.